You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. And we have a wild weekend of SMU athletics to recap between the Texas-sized offensive shootout on the football field Saturday night and the opener of the SMU men's basketball season on Monday night as both teams scored 77 points in their victories. We'll start by talking about the SMU football team's performance Um, Obviously not a lot to dislike about the offensive performance and a lot to be desired by the defense. Um, Starting with the offense, I think Tanner Mordecai looked like a different quarterback out there. I think he looked like a guy who had a little uh, renewed love for the game after sitting out last week. A guy who had a little bit of a different perspective on maybe some of the reads and some of the play calls, and then definitely a guy who looked healthier um, you know, after being kind of banged up the last few weeks, really since the TCU game, um, and now a week to kind of get healthy, get his arm strength back. Um, no, he just, the numbers don't lie, he was just dominant. He was making good decisions, he was making good throws, um, was making some good runs, Um You know, everything he did just kind of seemed to work out. I mean, you don't score 10 total touchdowns by making bad choices or by not executing. Um, You know, just a wild and crazy game. I mean, neither team showed any signs of slowing down on offense. I mean, you just look at the drive chart, and it's just ridiculous. There was not a possession that went over two minutes and 48 seconds until the third quarter. Uh, Houston's first drive went 337. SMU's answer went 306. Um, You know, just kind of crazy how quickly they were scoring. Not just that they were scoring, but it was coming fast. You know, SMU's first drive was under two minutes. Uh, Houston answered in 229. SMU 253. Houston 213. SMU 251. Um and just kind of really set the tone early. Um, I know defensively, that's not what you want to see. Obviously, you know, Coach Simons talked this week about being uh, disappointed in that number and disappointed in a lot of things he saw. Uh, Three things that were good, uh, three interceptions. Uh, Nick Roberts intercepted Clayton Toon twice in three pass attempts, uh, and they were in three plays uh, that helped SMU get that separation. First one kind of tipped off the receiver, maybe shoulder uh, dropped to Roberts. He was able to, to track the ball and, and snag it. Uh, That was when SMU was up 28, 21 that allowed him to go up 20, uh, 35, 21. Uh, The second was just a beautiful read by, by Nick. Uh, He talked post game about how they had run that play in practice and kind of as soon as he saw him line up in that formation, he felt it. And then just kind of with that route, he he just saw it coming. He steps in front of it uh, for the pick. SMU scores. It's 42-21. Um, you know, obviously, 
things didn't really get any easier from there. Um, but just that separation of every possession not being the uh, one score versus tie ball game, uh, I think was good. I think it was also good um, that SMU scored on those and then still got a couple more touchdowns in the half. Um answered Houston's touchdown to start the second half. Um, I know there was then the three-play, two-yard drive, the only punt of the game, um, which Coach Lashley admitted uh, play calling was a little rough on that one. They got the ball, a turnover on downs, uh, which was really the first true stop, I guess you could say, of the game. You know, there were the two interceptions at that point. Houston attempted a field goal as time expired that uh, was no good. But that was the first kind of defensive stop, that uh, turnover on downs, that fourth and one stop. Uh, SMU at that point could have really put the game away. Uh, Instead, looked like they went a little conservative, maybe went to kill some clock. um, But two short run plays and an incomplete pass later, they only took 127 off the clock, punted it right back. Uh, to Houston, who, uh, again, defense made him work for it. It was a, a four-minute drive, but it still ended in the end zone, and and that's what you you try to avoid uh, there. Um, but really, you know, then the offense answered that touchdown and answered the next one. Um, and then when Houston scored again, they get it 77-63, you know, there's about four minutes left, three and a half minutes left. They recover the onside kick, drive it all the way down to the SMU nine, and then that's the Jahari Rogers interception in the end zone that ends the game. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's hard to give the defense too much credit. Um, after the game, Nick Roberts kind of smiled at a at a question about the, the defense winning the game with those turnovers, uh, which he obviously did not. Uh, take for the defense but you know I mean certainly did better than Houston's defense I mean Houston's defense got one stop and it was when SMU uh, briefly took its foot off the gas Uh, other than that the only other drive uh, SMU didn't score on was the final drive when they ran out the clock Um, at least the SMU defense stopped Houston from scoring five times um and there's, there's something to be said for that in that style of game. Um, it wasn't pretty uh, defensively. It certainly isn't going to make uh, too many highlight reels. It will make uh, for some film conversation. Uh, Scott Simons probably talked the most about the tackling uh, in space struggles that this team has had all year uh, with us on Tuesday. Uh, said that's a thing that's hard to really fix and correct in the middle of the season just because you don't have the opportunities uh, to really live tackle and tackle hard in practice. Uh, You don't want to beat your own guys up. Uh, He said they can do a little bit of that in scout team, but really uh, that's something that they put at the top of their list going into the offseason, spring, football, and fall camp. Um, Offensively, Obviously, Tanner, we talked about just his ridiculous day, Um, but let's just real quick. 28 of 37, 379 yards, nine touchdowns passing, another 
eight carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. That means 10 total touchdowns. He had nine total incompletions. Um, Obviously, this week, just about any player of the week award you can win, he's won it uh, from the conference to entities uh, to uh, trophy watch list awards. Um, He's been all over the place. Uh, Rasheed still leads the team. Nine catches, 86 yards, a couple touchdowns. Um, But tight ends, RJ Maryland and Ben Redding. They combined for eight catches, 76 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, Caught eight eight passes on eight targets. Um, RJ had that really, really nice uh, leaping snag uh, there uh, early in the game that kept a drive going. Um, All of Ben Redding's three touchdown passes came in the first half. He was out the second half with an injury that might actually keep him out for the rest of his final season at SMU. But like Coach Lashley said today, uh, what a way to go out. I mean, catch four passes for three touchdowns uh, in one half against Houston where he's kind of from that area. Uh, that's quite a quite a way to end it if that is the end for Ben Redding's playing career. Um and then just, I mean, the tight end position, it's been kind of off and on uh, this season. Obviously, I think a lot was expected out of Nolan Matthew Harris coming into the season. He hasn't been able to play, I think, outside of one game he's had action in. Um, RJ Maryland is still developing. Uh, ben Redding is a is a professional, but, um, you know, not probably not the, the most athletic guy out on the field. He kind of gets what he gets through determination and guts and hard work. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what that position looks like the rest of this season. Uh, I'd expect RJ to get uh, a lot of a lot of playing time, which hopefully uh, helps his development. Um, And then, geez, you just Tyler Levine. I mean, twenty-five carries, one hundred forty-six yards, and had the the game-capping touchdown. spoke with a coach the other day uh, off the record who talked about his last touchdown run. Uh, And on that drive, there were a lot of Levine runs um, and actually some Levine runs. He carried the ball four times in a row uh, on that drive. Nope. Sorry. Five times in a row on that drive. Uh, he had a two-yard run on third and three. He then got the fourth down carry, uh, four yards on fourth and one. Then had a 12-yard run, a 10-yard run, and the 15-yard run on the touchdown. On those runs, uh, a certain Houston player makes a tackle on one of them. He then kind of shies away a little bit. He makes some contact, but shies away a little bit on another. And he was really in position to put a hit on Levine uh, before he got into the end zone course knowing Tyler whether that brought him down or not who knows but he had a chance to at least put a hit on him and he makes zero attempt on it and that's just kind of what he does you know he's going to take some hits but he's going to give some hits and at a certain point the defense thinks twice about uh trying to bring him down uh, and that's part of a toughness that 
he's brought to the running game, to the offense, and a little bit to the team as a whole uh, these last couple weeks coming off a a strong performance at Tulsa too. Um, And again, just kind of nice to see a guy who comes in, works hard, you know, kind of in that Ben Redding. He's not the fastest guy uh, or most athletic guy that they've got in that running back's room, but, man, he's been available every game. He works special teams. He pass blocks. Um, he does so many things. And these last couple of weeks when he's been asked to actually run the ball, he uh, he's done that at a really high level uh, too and, and has really helped that part of SMU's offense take the next step and, and be effective and uh, was probably also part of opening some of the pass game up uh, for Tanner and, and the receivers this last week too. Um can't take away having uh, Jordan Curley back in the lineup. Uh, just being able to line him up opposite Rasheed. He's got speed. He's got catchability. Um, you know what? He caught three passes for 53 yards. Um, it just it opens things up. Um, thought Dylan Goffney was good again. I mean, shoot, three, three catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Um, 67 of those 100 yards came after the catch. You know, he's a guy that you just get the ball to him and let let him kind of take off and and do something with it. Um so obviously offensively a, a lot of good things to talk about defensively, you know, obviously um there are some issues there. Uh I think you can be happy with the win. Um but certainly 63 is not a number you want to see on the scoreboard. You also don't want to in a game where you've scored 77 points um, to really still kind of have some concerns late in the fourth quarter on. Um, so we'll see what, what that does uh, moving forward. Obviously, Houston is a much different defense than USF. USF is on its backup quarterback after Bohannon. Um left a couple weeks ago and was ruled out for the rest of the season. They have now since made a coaching change, firing their head coach and their defensive coordinator. Um, they've played some close games. Um, they've put up some fight. Obviously, those games a lot kind of had to do with Bohannon. Um, and then giving up a 50 spot to a team like Temple that has struggled all year uh, was kind of the the last straw for that staff. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they do what a lot of teams have done, especially this season and kind of rally around their interim head coach and the coaches that are still there and uh, play up a level a little bit. I still think it should be a pretty convincing win for SMU, but we will talk about that later this week. Um, after the break, though, we want to talk about another 77-point effort, this one coming from the men's basketball team and its opener, and we will get that right after this break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back. It is the Pony... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Stampede Podcast, and I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. We are turning from one 77-point effort by the football team to another 77-point effort by the men's basketball team in the opener last uh, Monday against Anm Commerce. Uh, debut for head coach Rob Lanier and for a lot of new faces uh, that are manning that bench. Um, first things first, I cannot take all the credit for it. It was um, brought to my attention um, by my dad, uh, actually, after it. But Anum Commerce missed a three-pointer at the end of the game right at the buzzer uh, that actually looked like it had a shot to go in. Uh, if it had, then not only would the SMU teams have both scored 77 points, uh, but their opponents would have scored 63. Instead, it rimmed out, and it was a 77-60 to 60 win for the Mustangs. Um, I think, you know, it's the season opener. I don't know how much stock you really want to put in it. I think you certainly see the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, that this team has. Um, at its best, uh, they create turnovers, they run out on offense, they share the ball, uh, they get a good shot up, they make the shot, and are right back on defense. Um, at its worst, um, you see some turnovers by not having that true point guard. Um, you can see some deficiencies here and there. Um, but I, I do think it's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, you don't add 10 new players you know, eight significant through the transfer portal uh, and have a first, have a new head coach and not have some some little things here and there and then even some big things uh, here and there. Uh, I think the potential of Zurich Phelps uh, was on display. Sky's kind of the limit for him. Uh, coach Lanier talked post-game about triple doubles not being out of his realm uh, as he gets a little bit more comfortable uh, in that point guard role of, of sharing the ball. But, you know, I think he's going to be a a 20 to 30 point scorer on a regular basis for this offense and probably needs to be. Uh, Williamson, uh, I thought, you know, looked a little lost or out of place at times during the game, but, you know, he finishes with an 11 point, 11 rebound double double. He's a guy that is he continues to develop uh, in this system, I think, uh, has really good potential. Uh, Lanier talked after the game about Xavier Foster not playing, not 
quite being at a position where he can help the team win, but getting there called him, you know, the best player on the team and felt that the rest of the team would probably agree with that. Um, and with, with Phelps and Williamson out there too, that's, that's a big statement. And so we'll see how long it takes for him uh, to play and then for him to get significant minutes, but that's something to look forward to. Um, I thought Zach Nuttall uh, just shows that he can be a guy uh, that when you need to score and need to either kill a run by them or you know just need some points, he'll he'll take the ball, he'll drive to the hoop, and he'll he'll get it in the basket. Uh, the three point shooting as a whole was awful, um, under seventeen percent. Uh, Phelps, Nuttall, and uh, uh, Toto uh, each had one, um, but it was a it was a pretty rough night from the three point line overall. Um, you know, I think there are going to be some pretty high highs and pretty low lows with this group for a while this year. I have kind of, even though uh, Coach Lanier talked about not putting timetables on things, um, I've kind of put late December as mine for when they kind of need to show that uh, they've put some things together. I think going into that Hawaii tournament uh, is when they need to show me that they've kind of got a grasp of what Lanier's doing, that there's kind of a rotation and some understood defined roles for this team uh, going into that tournament to do that for a couple games uh, before conference starts at the beginning of January. Um, if it doesn't happen... It could be a long year. You know, there's a lot of talent individually, but it's got to come together. It's got to work with the head coach. Um, you know, that... I mean, we'll just have to see. I, I think it can come together. Um, I think, again, they showed some signs uh, of really good things, but you can't do it for a couple minutes here, a handful of minutes there. It's It's a long game. Uh, and you can't have some of the lapses that they had, um, especially when it comes to some better teams that they'll see on this schedule. Uh, nothing against AM Commerce, uh, that's been a good D2 program, but uh, that's their first Division One game, and I'm sure they'll win some games, but uh, that is not the best team SMU will face uh, in in on the season, let alone in, in non-conference, and that starts uh, Friday when they go to Dayton. Uh, I think that's going to be a really interesting game. Uh, see how this team uh, goes on the road, handles some of that adversity, uh, handles playing against a, a much better team. I believe Dayton is ranked um, 24th last time I checked. Um so that's, that's going to be a big test. And I don't know that they necessarily need to win to pass that test, uh, but they certainly need to be competitive. Uh, they certainly need to show that they took a step from Monday to Friday uh, that can be built on. Um, and certainly winning it uh, would be big. That is the interesting thing in the series is that it is the uh, road team that has done the, the winning lately uh, as that kind of rivalry has gotten going the last few years. Um, I think a wild card on the team can be uh, Jalen. You know, he was he started, he had a, a lot of minutes for the team, um, 
points weren't really there, and I think that's something that uh, was mentioned post-game that you kind of want to see him get involved a little bit more offensively. But if Jalen Smith, I mean, he's a 6'4 guard. He's long. Um, I think he adds something to what they like to do defensively. Um, He might be a guy that offensively maybe defers to some other guys early, maybe too much. Um, But I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Um, You know, the starting lineup was Jalen, Zurich, uh, Nuttall, Williamson, uh, and F.A., I think that's a a pretty solid group uh, out of that. I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, if and when Xavier Foster kind of contributes, you know, how much he maybe takes one of those, if he takes a guard spot and they kind of go, you know, Zurich as the lone guard um, with Williamson kind of being a bit of a combo option there. Um, I think it'll also be interesting as uh, Jefferson and Ricardo maybe get some playing time, take some point duties off of Zurich's plate, kind of allow him to maybe not run the offense, but have the offense maybe run a little bit through him. Um, I I think it was nice to win. I think there are probably still more question marks uh, than answers for this team right now, and I think there probably will be four a handful of games, certainly, and maybe even uh, longer than that. Um, I think it would be easy to overreact to some things now. I think got to be a little careful doing that. Um, like I said, unless it's kind of the same things that are an issue and the same things for a long period of time. Um, and then just really quick, almost three teams almost got to that 77-point mark. Uh, The women's team uh, fell a point short in its uh, 76-39 win against Alabama State. Uh, Try not to hold that against Toyle Wilson's squad. Uh, But other news on the women's side is they did have a pair of early signees um, put pen to paper on Wednesday. Uh, It is... Aaliyah Henderson and Chanel Reed. Uh, Henderson is out of Norman High School in Oklahoma. Uh, She is in the top five in Oklahoma's class at the point guard position. Uh, They won last, not last year, they won the 21 uh, 6A state title uh, in Oklahoma. Um, She's a she's a scoring point guard, according to Coach Wilson. Um, the uh, Chanel Reed is out of Austin High School in Austin, Texas. Um, she's listed at five eleven, might be six foot. Um, she's also listed as a guard. Um, that makes her a little bit of a an athletic option that that can maybe do some different things for the women's team um a couple other strong signees uh for coach wilson coming off a strong signing class coming into this season um that is 
all for today. Um, like I said, later in the week, uh, we'll get a little bit more into the UCF game. Um, that will probably come before the next men's basketball game on Friday night. Um, so that will probably have to get picked up uh, again after that. Um, but the stories are coming on PonyStampede.com. Uh, I think three post game from the basketball uh, opener. Uh, there's still stuff coming from uh, football as uh, coaches and players have talked the last couple days. Um, also, men's soccer uh, up to number 13 in the country. They open uh, their part of the AAC tournament in the semifinals on Thursday. Uh, championship game would be Sunday, uh, and they've got a good chance to not just make the NCAA tournament, but host some NCAA tournament games at the revamped Washburn Stadium. Uh, all that on PonyStampede.com. As always, plenty on the message boards, uh, live updates during games, live chats. Uh, make sure you are signed up and ready to go. Uh, with all of that, make sure you're getting all the best information for SMU Athletics. Uh, I'm Jordan Hoffeditz. See you next time. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.